we can have a lot of questions about what happens after our lives as we know them now end. And while scripture gives us glimpses at what's ahead, we don't have the answer for all of them. But the Apostle John does give us a strong assurance in his letter near the end of the New Testament, 1 John, in chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, where he says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. There are some questions that we have about when this life ends, when the world as we know it ends, and we get glimpses in Scripture, but we may not fully understand it until the day comes that it actually happens. Yet one thing we can be sure of, when that day comes, we'll be like Jesus. And if we understand that, if we understand that that's where all of this is leading, then what that means for us right now is that we work to become more and more like him. That's part of why the resurrection was such a pivotal part of the proclamation of the gospel for the apostles, including not just John, but also apostles like Paul, where he tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 20, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ, the firstfruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. You see, that is our hope as followers of Jesus, that as we follow him now, as we become like him now, when he comes, he'll complete that transformation. He'll complete that transformation so that whatever that is that we'll be like after our resurrection, we will be like him. But that also means that if he is the firstfruits, if we know our ultimate goal is to be like him, then what he was like when he rose from the dead gives us clues as to just what it is we have to look forward to. Just listen to this account of the resurrection of Jesus from Luke chapter 24, beginning with verse 13. That very day, two of them, were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened, referring here to the tomb of Jesus being found empty and a report starting to spread that Jesus had risen from the dead. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, 
and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you're clothed with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, blessing. This is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What was witnessed by those that were there that saw it happen, a story that they stuck to, even when threatened, even when jailed, even when brothers and sisters were being killed, even when they faced their own execution, they stuck to the story that this is what happened, that Jesus rose from the dead, but appreciate what that meant. Jesus rose from the dead bodily. The body that they laid in that tomb got up, and it was transformed. 
It was the same Jesus he'd always been. The matter that had once been his body had left that tomb changed, yet he was different. He was alive then never to die again. He had that glory from God that he received as he fulfilled the scriptures, accomplished what God had sent him to do. He could make himself so that those that he was with didn't recognize him. He could appear inside of a room that was locked without opening a door, yet they could touch him, and he was real. Luke went to great pains to share their observation that he wasn't a spirit just hovering around. He even ate fish before them. And so we see this continuity with who Jesus was before, yet something new, something exciting in the way that he was transformed, that he now possessed God's glory in himself, that that human body of his had been changed in such a way that it could go and be in God's presence. In fact, as Christians, that's meant to be a source of great comfort to us, that someone like us, a son of man, is able to be in God's presence at his right hand, eternal, imperishable, incorruptible, yet interceding for us, helping us. That is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that is a crucial part of the gospel story. It's not that just Jesus died for our sins and because he was that perfect sacrifice, God accepted him into heaven, so now our sins can be forgiven. That's leaving out this crucial point of what happened on Sunday morning, the resurrection. And we can't afford to leave out the resurrection because that is where our hope is. That is where our mourning turns into dancing. That is where our ability to start to grasp what awaits us is because Christ is the first fruits from the dead. We don't know exactly what we'll be like. We don't completely understand how this resurrection will take place or what that resurrection body will consist of. But we know we'll be like him and we will see him as he is. That is our hope. And that motivates us now to purify ourselves, even as he is 